Thank you for being on this podcast. Thank you for having um, me. We share a lot of things in common, okay? Birthday? Our birthday, the same day, the same day, same year. No, not same day. No, same not same month. day. Same, same month, month. Same year. Same year. We both, we both held high positions in Japan. You were president of the American Chamber. And um, we were president of the American Chamber. Yeah, right. We were both president of the American Chamber. But we share that with one other person, too. Don Kanak. Yes. And he's also born the same year. Yeah. We're all... But in December. He's, he's in December, baby. yeah. He's the baby of us, right. Because you, you're October as well. Uh, right, 29th. Yeah, so, you're, so I'm the oldest because I'm October 6th. You're the 29th. And then, yeah, Don's born in December. And I have two sons that were born on the 25th and a daughter that was born on the 8th. You know something, that's something else we almost have in common because my son was born on the 25th of December. Oh. Can you believe this? Payday. Hey, right, payday. <laughs> and we're both Mormons. <laughs> I'm not a Mormon, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I did take all six lessons Good years ago. Know. Years ago I took all six lessons because I wanted to know. I wanted to know about the religion. And I have to say, my wife paid me a compliment after our second child. This is going to make sense in a second. She said, why are you so good with kids? And I felt, yeah. I said, because I asked people that I've seen that I like the way they work with their kids. There's a Mormon family I used to watch all the time. And all the Mormons I've met, Christian science. The way they were with their kids and the way their kids were with them, I admired. So I'd always ask. So I actually went to ask about their religion as well. So that's how I found out about Mormonism. Because unfortunately or fortunately, you didn't come around my neighborhood when I was growing up. <laughs> you weren't peddling there. I didn't see a single elder no, riding his bicycle. <laughs> so tell me about yourself. Tell me where you were raised. Well, I, uh, I was born in uh, Salt Lake City. Night South and 15th, well, I was born in, uh, in a hospital, but I grew up uh, on the, what we call the East Bench. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So uh, most of my childhood was on Night South and 15th East. Mm. Uh, went to East High School. Mm -hmm. Went to the University of Utah. Okay. Well, t tell me, what the street that comes from the city, the city office, or would it go straight down? Uh, What's the, name? the the temple is the center. The center, okay, right. So there's uh, mm -hmm. the temple, the Mormon mm -hmm. temple, right. And then they count the streets going north, south, east, mm -hmm. and west mm -hmm. from the temple, right. So fifteenth east and ninth south would be fifteen streets over, over right. And nine streets, fifteen uh, fifteen streets east and nine streets south. South, okay. So right. But what's the street from the camp? Because I, I met the mayor. And from the mayor's office, there's one street that goes straight down. There's cherry blossoms around and everything. It's, uh, it's, I think it's one of the longest streets. Street. It must be State, state street. street. It's one of the longest streets. Right. Main Street's not as long as State Street. Right, right. How many numbers, I mean, how many streets go across? And also, I know that your, your, what, your state symbol is the honey, honeycomb? Honeybee. Honeybee. Honey hive. Honey hive. Because that's beehive. Something. Beehive. They, have a bee, they have a beehive there at the... Yeah. State Capitol Beehive and the Beast. And then also inside, I saw Smith. It's, wait, it's, um, who was the founder? Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith, there's a big statue of him 
inside there. You didn't know that? You've never been inside the state capitol? I have, but I don't remember the statue. Yeah, yeah. And then I went really? to the mayor, yeah. Or maybe the Can mayor's they office. They did. They sure did. Huh. Well, come on. What do you mean they do that? Church and state. They're supposed to be separate. No, that is the whole state. It's <laughs> your church. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think Utah is uh, overall about 60% Mormon. Okay. That's but Salt Lake City is like 40. Okay. So... Um, last time I checked, the mayor of Salt Lake City was not a Mormon, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um, she was openly gay. Now that last time I checked, is no. So this is the most recent. I don't know. It's been you know I don't pay a lot of attention to that. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. so what brought you so so what, did, what brought you to Japan? Wait, wait. First of all, how many children in your family? Because three, only three. Only three, and two of them are twins. So my wife is uh, overachiever. I'm not talking about this. I mean your oh, my your family. Yes, okay. you. Uh, I have uh, one brother and three sisters. Okay, that makes more sense. Five, yeah. That was a small family. Yeah. Uh, my parents got married relatively late. They were okay. 28. Okay. And what? <laughs> were you? Were you the? I'm the oldest. You're the oldest. Right. And then was it, did you have your brother after you? Uh, I have a, s a sister, mm -hmm. and then my brother, and then two sisters. Okay, how are they doing? Well, my brother passed away, but my I'm sisters are fine. Okay. Uh, and your mother and father? Um, my dad died last month. Oh, sorry to hear that. So my mother died uh, 20, 28 years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. So how old was your father when he passed? 97. Wow. Yeah, and he went quickly. He went suddenly. So it was really nice. So he, but he was healthy up until then? No. Um, he had a lot of difficulty. He had cancer twice. He had a stroke. Okay. Uh, he had COVID. Survived. Okay. Uh, but um, mm. let's see, on Memorial Day, mm -hmm. uh, he passed away very suddenly. Okay. So, mm. uh, you know, it's always sad when someone dies, but he was 97 years old, had so a very good life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, World War II veteran, Battle of the Bulge. His, uh, his wife likes to say he was at Normandy, but that, that's not true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they got into the funeral. <laughs> but yeah. he, he wasn't at Normandy, he was, he, was, he was in England at the time, he came later, mm -hmm. after mm -hmm. the invasion. But, mm -hmm. uh, uh, he was in France and Belgium and Germany. Mm. Did he speak any of the languages? Uh, he was a he was a military policeman, so he didn't actually have to do any fighting. Mm -hmm. But he did have to guard the prisoners. Mm -hmm. So when I was a small child, he used to talk to us in German and say "schnell, schnell." <coughs> he knew how to say uh, "be quiet" and "stay in line." Mm. And you'd use that. So at bedtime, you'd do that. Did you do you have any of that in ancestry? Do you know your lineage? I do. Okay. You so what, what is it? Yeah, sure, of course. Um, That's what this is all about. I have about. an ancestor who is on the Mayflower. Okay. Um, what ethnicity? I mean, what? what, what oh. Um, That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Just because you're a Mayflower, there are a lot of people on the Mayflower. Well, John Howland <laughs> was okay. his name. Uh -huh. uh, he was an indentured servant, not okay. not a not a Puritan. And uh, he was on the Mayflower. My first ancestor named Smith was Robert Smith. And are these came, English people? Are yeah, they they're English. English. They're all English, okay. Yeah. 
So he came on the Griffin in 1638, landed in Boston. Mm-hmm. He was 12 years old, and he was an indentured servant. Okay. And um, all my ancestry is, um, it, it's very interesting because Mormons do genealogy, mm-hmm. so. Have one of the biggest uh, in the world. I'm mostly English, some Scottish, some Irish, and my grandfather was Swedish. So you do your DNA analysis and it comes out, and it's just what I thought it'd be. It was, yes. Yeah, except I'm 70%, 17% French. Where'd that come from? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody snuck in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where that came from. Maybe it's a mistake in the DNA test. Did you do that? Well, how long ago was that? Have you done well, it recently? Few years. No, it's been a few years. Okay. Because the one I've done, a couple of them I did, the um, African ancestry, which was interesting, so we know which tribes we came from. And usually the, 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 the nomadic tribes were the ones that were more enslaved and weren't the ones that were pretty subtle. They would go get the nomads and bring them and sell them. So that's what happens. So I have Nigerian blood and I have Ghanaian blood. Oh. And 0.1% Korean Japanese. Now, I don't know where that came from. In Filipino. Filipino really? as well. So, <laughs> come on. And then I did 23 in May. Have you heard of that? Yeah. And that's really good because it gives you your that's health status. I've, I've done two. Okay. And I've uh, done two as well. They're fairly similar, but they're not exactly the same. That's right. Same here. But I wanted to see because they don't know who you are. Uh, only one of them asked me my ethnicity. They, they, so they don't make any mistake, but they ask me, and I said, well, we have to ask that. And that was the African ancestry. They wanted to know, are you African-American? Because a lot of people, but anyway. So go ahead. So tell me, what did you do? What brought you to Japan in the first place? Uh, I was a Mormon missionary mm-hmm. in Kyushu in 1972. Mm-hmm. So I first came to Japan uh, December 15th, 1972. Okay. was uh, here for two years. Mostly in Kyushu, six months in Okinawa, three months in Hiroshima. In mm-hmm. the did you after that? Did you go back? I did. How long did you go back? I uh, went back, finished college, uh, then I came back to Japan. Went to uh, graduate school, mm-hmm. taught English like everybody. Right. right. And then uh, I went back and went to law school. Mm-hmm. That's right, because you're a lawyer. I am. I forgot. I forgot. Well, that's why you're being careful about what you're saying right now. That's <laughs> not you're not gonna you're not gonna answer any more than you're asked. <laughs> so you know, what kind of law? Um, well, right now I work for an insurance company, but I don't do insurance law. I do government relations. Mm-hmm. But I started out doing uh, corporate law, mm-hmm. uh, corporate and securities. Okay. But uh, working with Japanese clients, so I tended to do a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've even been to court. You've actually done a case in court? No, well, I, I went to court. <laughs> okay, let's hear about it. And uh, it was a bankruptcy case and my client was a creditor in the bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. And the bankruptcy lawyer didn't show up. So the judge said, is, you, you know, is your client represented by counsel? And I said, well, he's not here yet. He said, are you admitted to the bar? I said, yes. He said, okay. Let's go. You're admitted to the Japanese bar? No, no. No, that's a very difficult thing to do. That's what I thought. But I know yeah. there are there's one or two, because I think I've met one American. Or, you know, it was American, I believe, who actually passed the bar a long time ago. 
there was one American who passed it, but his mother was Japanese. Okay. And he went through the Japanese education system. And What's he was his a graduate. name? I don't remember. He, he's passed, hasn't he? Yeah, but that's, it was, that's it was, who I was talking was, to. It was big that's, news. That's, that's the, who, yeah. That's it was the in the Nikkei. It was yes, like, it was know, Nikkei. American passes the bar. I think it was maybe 30 years ago. That's right, yeah. I knew him, and he was a part of the. He was a big part of the ACCJ as well. Oh, really? Yes, because I used to speak with him a lot. Yeah, I'm trying to remember his name. I don't know why. Anyway, well, they have the Gaikoku uh, Hojimu Bengoshi, which mm -hmm. are mm -hmm. foreign lawyers who are admitted to practice the law of their own jurisdiction in Japan. Oh, really? So there are a lot of those. Right, uh, but they're still not. They haven't passed the Japanese no, bar. No, the Japanese bar. Uh, I don't know what the I don't know what the pass rate is now, but it's very low. It's something like two percent, three percent, and that's for Japanese. So a lot of people take it, and very few pass it. Mm -hmm. And unless you're native Japanese and educated in the Japanese system, it's very hard to pass. Mm -hmm. I think I was told by my my lawyers they really change the test very often. The rules, everything change in it. I have two guys that I work with that um, have told me how difficult it is to pass that bar. Yeah, when I, I went to the University of Tokyo, the Faculty of Law, and I had a professor who thought it was very funny that he'd taken the test and failed it, and now he w then uh, then he was writing the questions. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Yeah, <laughs> he isn't. Pa he never passed. He never passed it. Never passed. But he was. At the University of Tokyo, as a professor, he was involved in writing the questions. Mm -hmm. What brought you back to Japan? What made you decide to come uh, back here? Uh, you know, I really enjoyed Japan, and I wanted to come back, and um, I was going to stay a little while, but, um, you know, I, I, I stayed for three years. Mm -hmm. Then uh, I went back, went to law school. Um, part of it was I met a girl. Okay. All my right. wife. All right. So that that's one thing that um, I was here for three years. I went to graduate school, got a, an M MA, and then went back, went to law school, and then came back uh, as a Fulbright scholar. Were you dating her all this time? Well, uh, it was hard to date her when I was in the U.S., but she did that. come and visit me. Mm -hmm. But you guys still considered, yeah. yeah. So that, was, that was the intention from a long time, for a long time, or it was kind of off and on. But okay. when I came back, um, uh, 1986, um, I asked her to marry me, and she she didn't say yes. Okay. But she started planning the wedding. And what year did you get married? 1986. If. I'll tell you what, Alan, there's too many things in common. That's 86. the year I got married, 1986. What month? Uh, let's see, November, okay, Thanksgiving I Day. And I got married in April. On the way to work. April 14th. <laughs> I wasn't working that day. And then we did our, we had the after party actually here at TAC. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. The top attack. We sure did. I remember the top attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we did it. And I have the video and everything to prove it. No, it was a good event, a very good event. All right, so you have how many children now? Three. Three, and the oldest is? Uh, 32. I've got you by two years. My oldest is 34. Okay. Christmas baby. And the youngest is? Uh, I have twins. The twins? And they're 29. But they're fraternal, aren't they? 
They are. They're right. very different. Okay. And they're what? Boys? They're boys. I don't know if I've ever seen you. Have I seen you? Is that probably? Probably. Probably, huh? Okay. And they're 27? 29. 29. Okay. So they're you're older than my youngest, which is 28. So there's Lance, 34, and then Lucian, who's 28. And then I have Lonnie and Louis. Wow. Has your, did your daughter get married yet? No. Um, she's, uh, she's busy working. Here? Yeah, she works for Japan Times. She's an editor. Okay. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, she's, she's dating. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what about your sons? <laughs> One lives in Boston. Okay. And he works for State Street Bank. Mm -hmm. And um, the other one lives in San Francisco, and he works for a green energy company. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Is your wife doing anything? Is she working at all? Or? She doesn't work. Uh, she teaches an English class, but okay. because of COVID, she hasn't been doing it for a while. Mm -hmm. Did she ever try to do that over Zoom? No. Yeah, I tried to do a little bit of my class over Zoom, and it lasted twice. I said, no, this, forget it. It's not going to work. No, her um, her students are a bit older, mm -hmm. and so they're not very technologically savvy. Mm -hmm. um, she also does uh, flower arrangement and calligraphy and sumier. And so she does. She has a lot of extracurricular activities. Right now, outside of you practicing law and, and, and working with the companies, because when you were there, AIG, what did you do with AIG? I was the general counsel for Japan and Korea. Okay. And how did that, I mean, how was that? Oh, it was great. I really enjoyed it. But then somebody in London blew up the company. It went bankrupt during the financial crisis. Which company? AIG? All of it, yeah. Hank Greenberg, wait, wait, hold on. Hank Greenberg had to leave the company five years before that. Right. Which was very unfortunate because um, he knew where everything was buried, and after he left, nobody else knew. No, nobody knew. That was how he ensured that he would always oh, stay on. Yeah, Maintain but the 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 um, SEC, the Securities Exchange Commission, had an idea that he should leave, and so he had to go. And um, management that took over, I don't think, really knew where everything was buried. And uh, some guy in London blew up the, the company. Wow. Now when you say blew up the company, what do you mean? You mean he told everyone or what? How did no, he no, blow up the company? No, no, it was uh, uh, credit default swaps. Mm -hmm. So uh, AIG was selling guarantees on uh, these mortgage securities. Mm -hmm and essentially using its balance sheet and its uh, AAA rating. Mm -hmm. And management wasn't aware what was going on. And um, the, the management of uh, financial products uh, in London was selling these things, credit default swaps. And uh, one thing that they hadn't calculated on was the accounting rules, and if nobody will buy buy it, mm -hmm. the value is zero. Okay. So in the financial crisis, the value of these credit default swaps 
that AIG had sold went to zero. Mm. And that brought down the company. Oh, okay. So the US government, the Federal Reserve and Treasury put in $180 billion, mm. which they got back. Uh, despite the fact that the accounting rules say that it's worth nothing, they did pay. So all the money came back. Mm. Mm. And that's how you blew up the company? Yes. Okay. There was some guy in London who was selling these things and management wasn't aware of what was going on. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, was the, the financial crisis, a lot of companies fail, financial services mm -hmm. companies fail. So it, it wasn't a unique story, mm -hmm. but uh, you know, a lot of people were blindsided by uh, you know, the, the mortgage crisis. Regular. So tell me, so what do you do outside of your hobbies? Do you still do what your daughter got mad at you for doing? Oh, she was really upset with you because you almost, you almost bit the dust. You almost bit the bullet then. My daughter? Your daughter got really upset with you. Did, really didn't want you to ever do it anymore. Yesterday? No. Oh, was it yesterday? Were you out? Were you <laughs> out skin diving yesterday? Oh, scuba diving. Scuba diving. You don't remember your incident? You forget so easily. That's why she doesn't want you to do it. Well, my daughter gets a little upset with me from time to time. But okay. You remember that time? I think it was a couple of years back, yeah. You yeah, almost drowned. Right. But I went scuba diving after that. <laughs> you have to go back. Sure, just me. Oh, right. Like falling off a horse, kind of? Yeah. So when, you, so when you are revived from drowning, you got to go back. Yeah, you have to go back. <laughs> so tell me what happened. But take it easy. Tell me what happened. Um, we Unless it's too painful. You don't remember anything. Uh, no, yeah. I don't remember. Uh, we were in Los Cabos and we were scuba diving and um, I got caught in a current and separated from the group and uh, I remember coming up to the surface and then I don't remember what happened until I was back on the boat and I was coughing up seawater so they took me to the hospital okay so tell me what happened people must have told you what happened oh uh, no one was there they, they, the boat came back and found me. I was floating in the water face down. And so your oxygen had gone out or something? You, you weren't aware of it or what happened? Uh, I remember coming to the surface and struggling with my equipment and then I don't remember. You're not, okay. You'd taken your mouthpiece out. Yeah, that was a mistake. Never do that. And that's what you did. So that's what you did. And then you took it, And then you took in a lot of water. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And that's the first and only time that's ever happened to you? Um, I got the bends once. How deep do you have to go to get the bends? I don't, I don't know what happened. I think there was maybe some bad air in the tank. Because that can we, had a, we had a dive computer and mm -hmm. I never went down too deep and I was n never down too long. But uh, this was an easy. And I came up and... Um, um, I was taking a shower, which is not a good idea. You know, hot water right after scuba diving is not really a good idea. But I was taking a shower, and my legs started to tingle. And I thought, this isn't good. And I'm in the shower. I locked the door. So I better put on my swimming trunks again and unlock the door and get out of here. And I, I walked out, and the, uh, the scuba guy, the Japanese-American guy, starts talking to me and people often say if you're a lawyer they say I have a friend 
right? So he's trying to get some free legal advice. And I said, um, this, is, this is great, we can talk about it later, but I think I need to sit down right now because my legs are tingling. And it kept going up and up. So um, they called uh, an ambulance and uh, they took me to a heliport, put me on a helicopter and flew me to Tokai University and put me in the tank, uh, the decompression right. chamber. Mm -hmm. And um, that was really boring. <laughs> but that was the only pain you had, was the tingling? No, it, it kept going up and up. And so that made them worried. Um, they put me on the helicopter and gave me oxygen and then that made a lot better. Um, I'm not sure it actually was the bends. Okay. Because I heard that's supposed to be excruciating when you have the bends. It really makes you feel like... Yeah, I think, it was, I think it was bad air in the tank. It could have okay. been, been something else. Who mm -hmm. knows? But and anyway. you've been stung by anything that's like... Jellyfish, I'm sure you had a lot of jellyfish stings. But oh, you, were in your, you were in your weights most of the right. time, right? So you, don't, you can't feel Once that. in a while, but not that bad. Right. I used to snorkel a lot when I lived in Puerto Rico. So tell me, what are some of the more exciting things that have happened to you underwater? Uh, underwater. Not in the negative. I mean, did you see anything close to you? Any stingrays up close to you or any shark? Oh, yeah. Or yeah. Sharks. Mm -hmm. What's the most exciting thing that's happened to you underwater? Well, I took my kids and went swimming with sharks in Bermuda. Okay. That was great. Right. Got some great photos. Sand sharks? Uh, reef sharks. Okay. Right. And uh, let's see, manta rays in Ishizaki, mm -hmm. Ishigaki, mm -hmm. in Okinawa. Mm -hmm. That's nice. Mm -hmm. They're as big as Volkswagens. Okay. So with them, um, you know, I think the best thing about scuba diving maybe is not going deep or seeing big animals. It's just kind of going somewhere where it's shallow and lots of colors calling mm -hmm. so um, snorkeling is is fine too right well that's why I do a lot of snorkeling yeah. yeah but see but you and I grew up with sea hunt so yeah. we had to we had to go down deep you had to go throw those things that was so neat sea hunt <laughs> black and white that was so good <laughs> but it didn't matter it was fantastic yeah, it was great yeah it was fantastic so what do you do so what do you do other side outside of that as a hobby here in Japan oh what do I do as a hobby Hmm. Good question. You just read sure. a lot. You just read a lot. I do read a lot. Because the, well, the last time I spoke to you, really spoke to you, you didn't have a job. But when did you start working again? Uh, that might have been a year. I left AIG long. in 2010, and I started with my current company in 2011. So oh, I really? was, oh, I was a consultant. Okay. For about nine months. That was the only time that you really. Yeah. But now you, it's really a full-time employment. You know. um, well, actually, I retired uh, when I turned 65. Right. And the company hired me back as a contract employee. So I worked four days a week, which is great. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, that's why you say you don't do anything. Okay. Yeah. And you enjoy it? Are you still enjoying it? I do. I, I really enjoy my job. Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting work. Government relations, so um, and it's for Asia. Mm -hmm. So I get to work with people in a lot of different countries. Uh, it was much better when I got to travel because I would go and actually experience the, the culture, the culture, right. and the food, and get to meet people. Mm -hmm. uh, I hope we get back to that. 
Yeah, so do I. When was the last time you were in the States? Uh, last month. I went for my dad's funeral. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, you see. It's not a I was there to help my mother clean out her garage. She's 92. Okay. And that was fun. So, how long, much longer do you plan on living in Japan? Oh, I, I don't know. Um, no reason to leave. So you Where would I go? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that much about. I'm trying to find out about you, but you're only giving me a little bit every time. Just you're not telling me any more than I need to know. Uh, Lance, I, I don't know. Uh, I have no plans to leave. You have no plans to leave. Yeah, but uh, I don't think I'd want to be institutionalized in Japan. You think you're gonna? You think you're going that route? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope I'm like my dad. <laughs> All right, right. Just pop off. Have you right? Pop off. Don't don't don't, right. don't put me in an old folks home. Right. But do you? Do you have properties here? Uh, I own my apartment. Okay. And that's right by around the corner from here, right? Shirokaneda. Shirokaneda, okay. Right. Do you not have a villa or anything like that? No. You didn't do that? No. You haven't done that too? I'm think thinking about, about it. it. So do I. I think about it too. Because you know, like Roger Marshall, those guys, Shimoda, yeah. and the others. Uh, the Izuvians. Izuvians, right. And then you have the Tibians, the, the, the Bozai guys, that like Bozai Peninsula. I was over there the other day. Wow. So when did you join the club? What year did you join the American Club? Uh, 1994. Okay, I got you beat there. I joined in 88. Because mm. I got married here in 86. Then I said, ah, I might as well become a member. But I'd already done so much with the club. That's why I was able to have my wedding here, or my reception here in 86. And then I said, after the second son, because Lance was born in 86, and then Lewis was born in 88. I said, I want them to be in this environment. So I become a member, so I became a member in '88. Never passed, never changed. Have you been? You've never done anything on the board here. Why? Um, you want to keep it separate. I enjoy the club. I enjoy the facilities, um, and I know a lot of people who've been in the the leadership. Um, this what makes you think that I you want to continue to enjoy the club and right. the facility. My goodness. Look, anything you'd like to... Do you have a blog or anything like that? Or, or no, I don't. There's nothing no. you're selling? Well, I don't use it. You want some insurance? Like that. I don't... <laughs> I have plenty no, of that. I work for a reinsurance company. So okay. I so can't they, sell you anything. You can't, you can't sell anything. Yeah. Right. Nothing Unless you're an insurance company. Right, right. But thank you. Look, I want to thank you for doing the podcast because I can't think of anything else. What else can I ask you? Let me tell you. Hmm. You make it hard. Listen, Alan, you make it so hard. <laughs> it's gonna be, it's just not intentional. <laughs> you just, it's something you've you learned over time. Hey, hey Greenberg? <laughs> something you learned over time. You're good. Something I learned over time. Something you've learned to do over time. Your what kind of work did your father do? Uh, he worked for a life insurance company. Okay. Which is what I did. Same thing, but was he, a, what, what, did, what did he do? You say work for, what he was, was his the, job there? He was the head of the mortgage loan department. Okay. So, did he have a law degree as well? No, no. Okay. No, um, just a BA. Mm -hmm. uh, so when I was a little kid, he used to in the summer put me in the car. We'd drive around and we'd look at real estate, and he'd kind of appraise it, decide whether the company was going to take the mortgage on the property. So, mm -hmm. I have some very good memories of riding around with my dad in the summer, taking pictures of buildings with a Polaroid camera. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. Your mother, did she work at all? Was she, she did. She, uh, when I was very small, she played in the Utah Symphony. She was a violinist. Mm -hmm. And um, when my brother was born, that was three kids, so it was a little difficult to continue to work in the symphony because they travel a lot. Mm -hmm. So she left the symphony. She started teaching violin mm -hmm. at home. Mm -hmm. And um, she was very good at it. She made almost as much money as my dad. Oh, is that right? Yeah. My goodness. Did, Did you, you ever take it? up any instruments? Uh, my mother was very keen on me playing the, uh, the piano. And you did for how many well, years? Well, she started me when I was five. Okay. I was too young. And uh, my, my aunt was my teacher. So um, she didn't scare me very much. <laughs> and I talked my mother out of making me continue it when I was about six. Okay. So um, I, I regret that um, I didn't keep up with it or start it up again later. Mm -hmm. uh, I wish I were like you and could play the saxophone. I just started that four years ago. I never played an instrument. Well, my mother did. And John Coltrane? Close. Huge groove. He's a saxophonist and he plays tenor sax and his sound, I really like. Um, all I listen to mostly are, is saxophone music, you know, smooth jazz. I like that style. You should pick up some Branford Marsalis. I probably have some of his, yeah. 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 I have to remember all the names. If I just go into my iPod, I have so many different guys to play. But yeah, I'm enjoying it. I can play. I'm convincing myself that I play better than most. Not, I mean, people that are just starting to play. I think I play okay. And I can read music now. I've taught myself to be able to read. That's cool. Yeah. I still haven't played in front I've of I've forgotten you. how to read music twice. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, I learned it when I was playing piano as a very small child. And then in junior high, you take music and you have to learn how to read music. Mm -hmm. So I've forgotten how to read music twice. Mm -hmm. Do you do a lot of reading? I do. Um, particularly fond of uh, history and biography. Mm -hmm. What type of history? Uh, well, all kinds, but I'm particularly interested in World War II. Okay. Uh, the Korean War is also interesting, the Vietnam War. Wars. Mm -hmm. Wars are interesting. Okay. So like that. Very and then what else did you say? You said that and history and, and biography. And biography. Like whose? Um, well, for example, uh, Winston Churchill. Okay. Uh, the most interesting person, I think, was uh, Ricard Zorier. And he is he's a spy. Okay. In Japan, he was. He's a French spy. No, he's German. German. Ricard Zorier. Sounds like Ricard Zorier. Oh, oh, Zorier. I thought it was Zorier. I yeah, he lived Zorgay. just down the street. Uh, he was a uh, he was a German. Mm -hmm. His mother was Russian, but he was German. He fought in World War One. Mm -hmm. uh, he was a reporter for a German newspaper stationed in Japan during World War II, and um, he was having an affair with the, the wife of the military attaché at the German embassy and getting all kinds of information and sending it back to uh, Moscow, where Stalin didn't believe him. <laughs> he okay. ended up getting caught by the Japanese and he was executed. Okay, but it's a it's a very fascinating. 
Um, How many years did that go on that he was able uh, to be a spy? Almost the entire war. So how long was that? How four many years? years. Four years? Four years at least. I think okay. from... Uh, he'd been a reporter in China, and then he came to Japan at the, you know, the begin before the war even started. World War One. No, he, he fought in World War One in when Germany. He fought it. Okay. And then uh, he became a reporter, and they sent him to China, and then he came he came to Japan. The, the biographies are not that well written, mm -hmm. but he's a fascinating person. Mm -hmm. So even if the the prose isn't that great, the the story is so enthralling. Mm. So you should read about Richard. Someone just recommended that to you, or how did you find out about it? Uh, I don't know. I think no. I maybe was in a bookstore okay. and saw the book and bought it. Okay. But I have a couple. If you'd like, I'd lend you one. Right. Well, I'm not that interested in biography. So <laughs> <laughs> have you ever thought about writing a book? Or have you written a book? Uh, did I ever write a book? You would not You would know if you've written a book. I'm not no, talking about No, but I did, uh, when I was a Fulbright scholar, I did oh, write uh, um, what a they call treatise. It? Yes. You have to. Do, you have to, don't you? Mm, you don't. You don't have to. You don't have to. Okay. I, I know some people didn't finish theirs. Okay. Uh, I finished mine and it got published. Mm -hmm. Georgetown University's School of Law published my treatise mm -hmm. in 1986. Oh. The same year you got married. Yeah. How about that? See, <laughs> all these things are connecting. Just right. connecting the dots. Have you thought about doing your memoir about your life? Well. <laughs> If I can't get anything out of you here, I'm sure this <laughs> you can tell anybody in writing. <laughs> really good. So you have you're not going to do a memoir. Oh, no, wait, 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 hold it. Mormons have a tradition of writing their diary, a journal, journal, and they give it to their first son or to all their kids. I thought it was the first right, son. That's news to me. But you've heard of it. They write a journal, uh, and it's for the son, I think. I'm not, maybe when the you're more missionary, they tell you to keep a journal. Right. They, they, tell, they tell you you should. Mm -hmm. um, I think I maybe put three or four entries in mine. Did your father do one? No. But he was a, was he a practicing Mormon? Or Very. Was okay. And he never did a journal? No. Okay. Not that I know of. Okay. Because I did hear that, because I was, you know, I've, I hadn't, I have quite a few Mormon friends, so... Yeah, I think that the church does encourage people to keep a journal, mm -hmm. but it's not like a requirement. Mm. Have you been in the new one? The new church? Here, yeah. right here, right across no. from Alaska Park. No. no one has been in it, have that, because of COVID. I don't know. I don't think you can go in it. Oh. I don't know. I was wondering, I don't know if you can congregate now. I don't think they're allowed to do that. Um, so I think since... And that hasn't... That's only open since COVID. I mean, it's been completed since the COVID, since COVID started. I've driven by it. Yeah, I, I, all of us do. Every day. I do it every day. <laughs> I almost because I live by here. My yeah. goodness. But I want to go in it. Because I've been in the old one. I went there. Because I tell you, I went through all seven, six lessons, six or seven lessons. How many, how many lessons were there? Because you were, so you, you, no, you were doing that. Because yeah. you, were, you did the flip chart. Yeah. And you did the flip chart at the same, since we're the same age. And I know when I did it, I was already in my 20s. You were using the same flip chart. But listen, Alan, I want to thank you for taking well, the thank time. Thank you, guys. And I want to thank you for um, agreeing to come here. 
you know, every time I, I see you, said, I sure. I said, why not? You said, what are we going to talk about? And I just found out. <laughs> I want to thank all of you for watching this podcast. Make sure that you continue to reach for the stars. Remember, it's all unknown, and you're too blessed to be stressed. Thank you.